Mm-hmm. So I was really surprised when I cried, like, bold. Like, not even just, like, oh, a nice little tear. Like, like full-on ugly crying mm-hmm. at, like, 3 a.m. while I'm reading this book. All right, and welcome to the Book Jar Podcast. My name is Marissa, and I'm joined here with my friend Megan, where we discuss on a bi-weekly basis a book-related topic. How are you today, Megan? I'm doing well. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> okay, you are a robot. <laughs> that's how I feel sometimes. Yeah, I noticed. Um, but that's okay. That's okay. Yeah, sometimes you, know, you, gotta, you gotta be a robot. Gotta but be a also, robot. on another note, by the time this is airing you're gonna be another year older yeah it's it's a day away so you know exciting 364 i'm you know a certain amount of years and 364 days and no one needs to know no one tomorrow will be 365 so you know yeah yeah happy birthday to me september happy birthday everyone say happy birthday to marissa my present was that we didn't do an extra extra podcast which is like an (laughs) anti-present Actually, my real present, I'm going to say it on the podcast because I love it so much. I was also just gifted it, is a big sign that says Marissa's Library. Yes. (laughs) Which was given by (laughs) yours truly. No, well, yours truly. Me, me, me. me. And uh, so I'm very excited to put that in my house. We should actually post it on our story. And we we should uh, tag this shop. It's Fandom Decor Shop, which I've been following for a long time. And she has super cute stuff. And I think everyone should check her out. Perfect. So yeah. shout out to Fandom shout Decor Shop. We'll make a post about it and a story about it. And uh, then you can go check that out on our social media. So that, it, that is Instagram at the Book Jar Pod. Go check us out there. A little social plug at the beginning. I know. Who does that? What? Who does that? <laughs> Who are we? Who are we? Responsible podcasters. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we've rambled for enough that I can actually talk about how we run this show. So every episode we finish by drawing our next week's topic or next episode's topic from our book jar, which you can actually send your questions into since we're doing the the promotional bit at the start yes, today. Yeah. Go send that to us on Instagram. Just DM us there. And we will put your question in our book jar and talk about it for you know like an hour or sometimes more yep last week we drew a very emotional topic <laughs> Ooh, but like first that? we are going to talk about our most recent reads i'm gonna start okay we go. didn't sometimes we talk about this before we go live and i have no idea what you might have read or maybe you didn't read anything that's okay either's yeah. fine yeah but okay i'm starting to think it's that one <laughs> <laughs> that being said i did finish one book okay uh, so, A Court of Wings and Ruin by right. Miss Sarah J. Moss. Is that, what number is that? That's three. That's number three. Okay, tell me about I am it. tapping out of the series here. <laughs> this is, so I, I I'm going to say this in a way that I feel like is going to sound contradictory, but does actually sum up my feelings about this uh, series. It was an enjoyable read mm-hmm. in the sense that it was exciting. For most of it, I, I, the third book lost me. I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to anyone here. The third book lost me. The first two 
Like, the first one was a little less exciting. Yeah. But you know what? Looking back, it was not my least favorite of the series. So oh, I really? feel like I, I, re- I, I have a newfound appreciation for it. Yeah. The second one was by far top tier. Like, in Akatar world, second <laughs> book, right there. Just mm-hmm. at the top, miles ahead of the other ones. Mm-hmm. The third book, I feel like I feel like she had a lot of ideas. And that's cool. If you want to read a book strictly for, like, interesting plot points, and you are not as invested in, like, consistent characterization or anything like that, this sounds like I'm ripping on her hard. But, like, <laughs> legitimately, I found the characters to be very inconsistent. They kind of melded to whatever the situation was. And if that's your jam, like, some people love reading those kinds of books where it's just very plot and action heavy. Yeah. That's totally fine. And if you like romance mixed into that, this is absolutely your jam. Mm-hmm. I am a big character first person. Mm-hmm. And the more books I read that aren't that way, the more I'm like, wow, I really can't deal with like something that doesn't characterize well. I found the third one to be like super inconsistent. Like people were like, oh, so, so powerful. And then in certain situations, they were like, oh, my God, I'm so helpless. And I'm like, why? though? like, yeah, you know, and now you're like attacking people. And, like, winning these big battles, but, like, five seconds ago, you were running away from, like, two people. And it, it just, like, really bothered me. Mm-hmm. Plus, I thought it was just way too long for, like, what it was. Yeah. But, you know, if you're into ha- action-heavy, plot-heavy books, absolutely, fairly good series overall. I'm tapping out here, though, That's, because I feel like, yeah. I feel like I was... That's all it you gotta me, say about it. It took me, it took me like... The full two weeks to finish because I'd already one. started it. Yeah. And I just, I didn't feel the need to pick it up again. Like, it was just like, okay, cool. Also, in this, I'm going to try not to spoil anything, but Sergey Moss loves to do this thing where she's like, this person is dead. <laughs> but they're not. They're not actually dead. Yeah. Surprise twist. And it's not a surprise <laughs> twist if you do it every time. Every, every time. You know? And it was like, got to the point where, like, somebody died and I was like, all right. What's, when are they, what chapter when are, are they, they coming back? Yeah. Like, when are they coming back? Even when I didn't think it fit, like, I think there was one character death where I was actually really upset that she brought them back. I was like, you know what? That made more sense mm-hmm. for them to not. Like, the sacrifice made sense. And then she was like, JK. Yeah. So I I just, you know, I'd encourage her to maybe yeah. kill off her darlings a little bit more. Yeah, and keep them dead. And keep That's them dead. That's what we want. They That's what the readers want. They want the characters <laughs> kept dead. Because otherwise there's no risk, right? And yeah. I felt like that was the thing. Is like, it was all this action with no risk. Because yeah. I knew nobody was going to be like... exciting to yeah. read. Yeah. So... Maybe maybe the third book wasn't my favorite, but I'm kind of glad I read the series because now I can participate in like the conversation yeah. about it. And that's what I was gonna ask you because like I only finished the second book, and I just like have no motivation to read the third book. But like, should I read it? Like, is it worth it? So knowing you, <laughs> I'm gonna say no. Okay, <laughs> because I mean, unless you're like stuck and you feel like you want to go back to it, like I'm, I'm not gonna like, judge you if you yeah. want to read it. But it's what, like 700 pages. Oh, ew. And it is. <laughs> it's a hard no. <laughs> and it could have been 300, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But also, like, there's not really, like, there's nothing at stake. So everything is kind of flat for me. 
like and if you didn't know that about sarah j moss maybe it would be more exciting but like i've read enough of her stuff now that like i was like you're not killing this person don't even like i don't know why you're pretending yeah (laughs) like put them in danger sure but don't kill them like i know they're coming back yeah exactly (laughs) so i like i personally wouldn't if you don't feel the need to I i also like this is spoilers, but at the, at the end of the second book, like, Feyre is, like, taken, or she, like, goes undercover mm-hmm. to this court of spring. And that was not, like, that, <laughs> it, like, had very little effect on the overall plot, but it was, like, a thing for, like, 150 pages where she's just, like, stuck there. Yeah. And, like, it kind of ties into, like, she tries to tie it back, but it felt more, like, retconning. She was like, oh, this was important, actually. And I'm like, I don't think it was. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was just, like, something that you tried to make important and it didn't need to be there. Like, Feyre could have just left in the first page and I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, she's just, like, filling her word count or something. Yeah, it was like, point. can we make sure this is 750 pages, please? Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And then she still went and wrote more books in the series. Yes. Yes, she did. Which, so. yeah, so <laughs> that's my very long thoughts on that book. No, I appreciate that. Um, I'm still not going to read the third book from that, so thank you. Definitely <laughs> hop on social media if you want to call me out for being wrong. Maybe I missed something in my read. Maybe I just, like, gleamed over something that you really loved. I'd love to have a discussion with people about it because, I mean, that's what we're here for. So definitely call me out, but, I, yeah. And I feel like oh, there's more hype about Akatar than there is of Throne of Glass or maybe that's just Which what is I'm really noticed. strange to me because I yeah. thought Throne of Glass was much but maybe this is just because there's more books and I felt like the later books were quite good. Yeah. But I did feel like it was much better overall. That's how I felt. Also Aelin is like Aelin has a strong character yep. that is very consistent. Even as she's like literally changing things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and like taking on different personas, she's still like herself. Yeah. And she has a character where it's like Feyre really shifted a lot, which like there are reasons for that. But like at other times, I was like, mm, I don't know who you are. Like I don't mm-hmm. have a strong sense of who you are. And I do think she's kind of badass, but like I also wanted there to be like a person behind the badass persona, whereas it was just kind of like, oh, she's really badass. Trust me. Yeah. Um, and that's no, like, I liked, I didn't actually mind her as a main character, but I wanted a little bit more from her. Mm-hmm. But maybe I missed something. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. You're pretty analytical about these things, so. <laughs> maybe that was the problem, though. Maybe I just need <laughs> yeah. to have fun, and I was like, what is the meaning? Yes, read for fun. <laughs> there you, you go. Know? All right, what did you read, or what are you working on? Okay, so I did finish No One Was Talking About This by Patricia Lockwood. Okay. Now. I gotta, I gotta go back on what I said about it, because I know I was not enjoying it, and I wasn't appreciating it for you, what it was. You did it, Megan. You found the reason I don't DNF books. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I'm glad I finished it. Like honestly, it could have been on the one episode we did where we were talking about books that we're glad we finished. Yeah, and it's re- it's really good because it just like it did go from like. You know, she's being, like, in this portal kind of, like, internet world and, like, Mm -hmm. not in reality. And then this, like, kind of traumatic event happens in her and her family's life. And then she's, like, set more in reality. And then at the end of the book, she's like, yeah, so this was actually kind of based on my own niece. And I'm like, oh, 
this is really sad. <laughs> oh, shit. So, yeah, like, it's basically, and it has a lot of, like, political and social aspects to it that we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Like, it kind of, like, talks about, like, um, was it Roe v. Wade or Wade v. Roe? Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade. <laughs> Thanks. I'm not American, can you tell? Anyways, so it, it dealt with a lot of stuff like regarding that before that was even a thing mm-hmm. or like in the media this year so i don't know it's just definitely it was a good read in the end it was hard to get through i don't think i'll read it again but would you recommend i think i'd recommend it if for someone who's willing to try something a little different yeah but also has like like it's sad like it is kind of a sad but like view on the world and everything like that but yeah i don't know it was interesting like there's a few people i'd recommend it for if they can get through the first half of the book mm. so it's, yeah. it's kind of one of those you yeah I, I have a couple of those you've heard me say it before where i'm like okay don't start this mm-hmm. unless you're willing to put up with some sludge at the beginning yeah it's not sludge as it turns out at no. the end but it feels like it yeah and- so that's that's a totally fair recommendation. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I I definitely think people should try it out for something different. It had some like amazing quotes in it, like really freaking funny quotes. Actually, I did a Marissa. You did I, a Marissa. I did a Marissa, and I wrote some down because I was like, haha, this is funny. This is also a sign <laughs> of a book that I really enjoyed. The more quotes I pulled from it, the yeah. higher on my recommendation list. Yeah. So like I did I did you know enjoy it like here's a good one um normalize which sounded like the action of a ray gun wielded by a guy named norm to make everyone around him norm as well i just thought that was so funny that's great you know? that's a great quote like there's that one um and there's this one white people who had the political educations of potatoes lumpy <laughs> unseasoned and biased toward the irish Oh, that's kind of that's kind of right. Great. Like she kind of like had those all like scattered throughout. Scattered throughout, and it was just like they were just clever. They're funny. They were really kind of provocative sometimes, and I yeah. just I enjoyed it. So all right, okay, good. That. that makes me really want to try to read it. So okay. well, I'll bring it over. And you should you try it out. All right. So now that we've talked about our most recent reads, we move into our next segment, which is actually talking about the topic. So we are going to be talking about. Books that have left us with an emotional impact. And I liked, and I said this last time, so this is from Jen. So thanks for giving us this um, topic, Jen. But I really like that it wasn't just like, what books made you cry or something like that. It was just any emotional impact. Mm -hmm. So do you want to start or do you want me to? I can start. Yeah. So when I was like researching this topic, I definitely pulled out like they're all autobiographies or biographies like that mm-hmm. was kind of like what i leaned towards not saying that fiction books are like not like have never left emotional impact <laughs> on me but none of them like came to my mind right away so right. yeah pulled those out of my my bookshelf mm-hmm. so my first one i have is high achiever by tiffany jenkins um so little little synopsis on this uh when word got out that tiffany jenkins was 
was withdrawing from opiates on the floor of a jail cell, people in her town were shocked, not because of the 20 felonies she'd committed or the nature of her crimes or even that she'd been captain of the high school cheerleading squad just a few years earlier, but because her boyfriend was a deputy sheriff and his friends, their friends, were the ones who arrested her. So it's basically a memoir memoir of her opiate addiction and living a double life. Mm-hmm. And... The overall emotional impact I got of this book was like hope and inspiration. And I think right. a lot of these books I like enjoy reading because you know they're in a before you even start reading it, you know they're in a better place because they're obviously yeah. in a spot that they're comfortable talking about yeah. what they've been through. So when there's like hard times in these books, I can keep reading them because I'm like, you know what? They're going to get through. They're going to get through it. This is like the lowest of the low in their life, but we know they come out at the end. So you definitely see Tiffany through the worst of her moments. You know, we definitely root for her through her rehab and make amends with like her friends and stuff like that, that she's mm-hmm. hurt, Um, you know, including herself. And, you know, we find that success for her isn't easy. So I think, yeah, like overall, like I just at the end of the book, I had lots of you know i was inspired i was like she'd been through so much and here she is but i've also had like frustration and exhaustion just like reading about her life because it's like you read these hard things happening to someone and you just feel so exhausted but then you're like hey like imagine being in her shoes imagine Mm -hmm. how exhausted she felt like continuously lying and manipulating to people to get you know to like fuel her you know her opiate addiction and like how she's hurting people and lying to people and it's just yeah so it was a lot um but yeah i still think about it because you know addiction can affect anyone especially those we least expect considering her like she was literally dating a policeman and she was yeah you wouldn't really tag her as no you wouldn't think she would be taking this risk to be in this kind of situation um and you know even if we love them and care for them the betrayal of lying can you know damage relationships um and it also showed that there aren't enough available resources for addicts as well especially Mm -hmm. in our own community like we see it all around here and i've as a nurse i've worked with a lot of vulnerable populations in that sense so and there's just like a huge stigma behind addiction that prevents a lot of these people from asking for help so yeah it just you know left an impact on me yeah as as this topic is wanting us to talk about (laughs) wanting us to talk about i so i have read a couple books where nonfiction where they're dealing with like some sort of you know addiction Mm -hmm. of some sort like it's always very different ones obviously but i think it's really interesting to read about Especially if you've known someone who's gone through any level of addiction. Mm-hmm. Because it really, like, actually centralizes, like, the thought process. Which, like, and I love it when they're really, and I know this is hard to do, but they're really, like, really brutally honest about it. Yes. Because I remember some, like, um, I've read, read some and they've been like, I straight up freaking lied to people. <laughs> I straight up said I was, you know, not whatever and I was. And, you know, like. I didn't care. Mm-hmm. Not that I felt bad. Not that like, and I didn't care. And it's kind of this moment where you're like, they understand that that wasn't their clearest frame of mind, but they're also like coming to terms with the fact that they actually did that. Yeah. And I think when you see people going through that, it is hard to understand that it's like, it is them, but it's not. Yeah. 
and it, it does like if you know somebody who's gone through it i feel like reading about it can help it can be very triggering as well so obviously like dabble at your own risk yeah but or dabble safely i should say like mm-hmm. let's do that actually a little bit better than that but yeah i they are always the nonfiction books that get me yeah and i think yeah like that's where like you really get empathy for you know people who are living a life that you you don't understand or don't know yeah because like you know you can drive on the street and see people living um through addiction and all of this stuff and it's easy to just kind of write them off and be like that's you know like Mm -hmm. that's not really my problem like that should be like something our city takes care of or someone else will deal with it or there are resources why aren't they using it but then you Mm -hmm. like when you do further research into it you understand that there's so much more behind it like there's so much else failing the system that we Mm -hmm. not as individuals can do much about like obviously a lot of these things are a government thing or a funding thing or Mm -hmm. uh, anything like that but at least you can have that empathy to be like okay like it's not it's not just because they're an addict that they're like this like there are other factors involved so that's why i don't know i enjoy reading yeah nonfiction for sure no i i definitely echo what you're saying there I have another nonfiction one I wanted to talk about. I'm I, this is going to come to surprise as no one who's been listening to the podcast, but I do want to <laughs> talk about the Anthropocene reviewed by John Green. Mm-hmm. So this is one book where, and I've talked about this that I don't generally cry during books, and I know. So I was telling somebody actually, Mary, of all things, to Akatar in like the third book, and they were like, "Yeah, like it wasn't my favorite, but I did cry at the end, like a whole bunch." And I was like, "Wow, it didn't all affect me that way." Yeah. And I can only remember crying during a couple books, like where it actually got me that much where I was crying. And one of them was a book about a dog, which I don't think counts because that's just me. <laughs> it just doesn't. It's, uh, the Art of Racing in the Rain by Garth Steen. Oh, I've heard of that one. Yes. yes. If you want to bawl your eyes out, <laughs> read that one. book. But usually I don't get there, especially with fiction. Hmm. So I was really surprised when I cried like bold like not even just like oh and this little tear like like full-on ugly crying Mm -hmm. at like 3 a.m while i'm reading this book that was what the anthropocene review did for me and so it is a book of essays in which the author john green reviews aspects of the human experience and that sounds like an oversimplification but it really isn't he reviews everything from grass to the rating system that he's using And the last line of every passage is, and I give this whatever stars out of five. Mm -hmm. And he reviews nice things, things that he loves, and he reviews things that he hates, and he reviews things that are sentimental to him, but are actually have like really, you know, crappy histories or something like that. You know, he talks about Disneyland and the one and like, you know, the complexity of like liking something that is so capitalistic and like so bad, but like also brings up so many good Mm -hmm. memories and and that sort of thing. And like, yes, I cried, but I also like, I, I've never had a book f- made me feel that hopeful, mm-hmm. but also like frustrated and lost and confused and angry and kind of wrap it all up in one and always leave me feeling a little bit hopeful by the end. So I'd be sitting there like crying, like wiping away <laughs> yeah. my snot and I'm like, oh, that was nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, a couple of quotes. I just want to kind of throw these out there because sure. this is exactly why I love it. Um. We are so small and so frail, so gloriously and terrifying, terrifyingly temporary. Um, another one is, 
all I can do is shut up and listen. Otherwise, you miss all the good stuff, which I really love. Yeah. And this one was my favorite. It's a little bit hard to maybe explain without context, but he's writing about his dog who passed away, which was, it, that's just a mean thing to talk about in general. But he was talking about how his dog used to come up to him and roll over and show the belly and how he feels like that a lot of the time because when you're vulnerable and you show someone a side of you where you are vulnerable, mm -hmm. you really are kind of risking something because they know where to hit you now. And so he writes, it's hard to trust the world like that to show it your belly. And mm -hmm. I just really love that. Yeah. Especially paired with like the passage, like the whole passage was just really beautiful. Yeah. And then one last one, just because I really want to. Uh, <laughs> she is dead. The rare present tense sentence that once it becomes true, stays true forever. Oh. <laughs> oh. That's really sad. <laughs> so, I had, like, first of all, I, I, I read that line. Bold. Yeah. Just cried. Yeah. Because we've talked about this before. We've both lost people. And mm -hmm. that one was just like, oh, this is why it hurts. Yeah. So much. And I really love John Green's way of like summing up why things hurt so clearly. Mm -hmm. There's a really great, um, I'm going to totally blank on who said it. So call me out on that. But there's a really great line I like to think about when I'm doing my own writing, which is write hard and clear about what hurts. Mm -hmm. And I feel like he just really takes that to heart. <laughs> like, yeah. he's like, I am going to just split my little heart open and bleed all over the page yeah. and organize it precisely how I mean it. Uh, so if you're looking for a good emotional read, <laughs> that's my top recommendation. <laughs> and, like, I think, like, reading a lot of these kind of nonfiction books, too, um, especially with John Green and stuff, it's like you you picture them writing it and then how they feel about it. Yes. Like, obviously, if you are crying over this sentence that he wrote down, like, how was he feeling? Like, how long has he been feeling like that? And, like, the thing as, like, a writer is I feel like you write that line and it's just, and I'm going to say this, like, the saddest lines in that book were probably the most peaceful things he's ever done. Mm -hmm. Because you just finally have a way to explain it. Yeah. And how hard is pain? How hard is emotion to explain sometimes? Like when you're yeah. really angry, this is why people like have outbursts, right? Like this is why we cry instead of saying something or why we get mad and like, you know, punch drywall. Don't punch drywall. That was not <laughs> a good example. Yeah. Use better. Be more constructive in your anger. Yeah. But that's why you feel like you want to punch something when you're angry and you yell because it is actually really hard to put it into yeah. words. And when you do it, it feels good and sad because, like, you just got it out. Yeah. And sometimes it's just as simple as, like, you know, a few words that they don't have to be, like, these beautiful, like, intense dictionary words. No, no, no. It's like, like, yeah. there's nothing in the one sentence about the dog. Like, it's it's hard to show the world your belly. Yeah. Like, that's a simple line. But, like, I sat there and I was like, oh, my God. Mm -hmm. this is the revelation for some reason yeah it's like wow you said it the way that that I is exactly know. how i yeah. feel yeah exactly. and then of course i looked at my dog and i was like oh you're so brave you're so brave <laughs> showing your vulnerability you know? look at you Howie? <laughs> so brave. not a word i would normally use to describe Howie. <laughs> all right so that, that was kind of my, like my top nonfiction recommendation what else do you got on your list 
Uh, so my next book is From the Ashes by Jesse Thistle. So okay. um, abandoned by his parents as a toddler, Jesse Thistle briefly found himself in the foster care system with his two brothers cut off from all they had known. Eventually, the children landed in the home of the paternal grandparents, whose tough love attitudes quickly resulted in conflicts. Throughout it all, the ghost of Jesse's drug-addicted father haunted the halls of the house and the memories of every family member. Struggling with all that had happened, Jesse succumbed to a self-destructive cycle of drug and alcohol addiction and petty crime, spending more than a decade on and off the streets, often homeless. Finally, he realized he would die um, unless he turned his life around. So another, you know, memoir about addiction. Um, I, so, you know, despite that description, like I actually felt the book was very heartwarming, but also heart-wrenching. Went between the two mm-hmm. a lot. Um, Jesse, you know, ends up finding love and support after years of hardship. And we get to see him change his life around with perseverance, education, and love. Again, this is one of, another one of those books where I was reading it and I'm like, how is he going to get out of this? Like, no, this is like so hard to read. But then you look like, hey, he's writing this book. Like he's... He obviously got out. He, he you know, he got through it. Like he endured all this abuse and disconnect from his like indigenous culture and family. Mm-hmm. Lots of prejudice and racism. He dealt with and like a systemic failure for those in need especially since he was in the foster care and being homeless um he does ultimately find happiness and belonging and he reconnects with his culture so he's metis cree mm-hmm. um and i found that this had the a huge impact on me because it just showed how much i personally didn't know about indigenous people of canada um including like just how prejudice and racism have truly affected them so it yeah. actually inspired me to take an indigenous people course through the u of alberta just to understand like Mm -hmm. the history and the impacts of colonization and intergenerational trauma so to me it like pushed me to further educate myself on that right i'm not saying i'm like an expert on it or anything but i now i know like just like how deep colonization actually goes goes because Mm -hmm. you just learn a little bit of school and they don't really delve into it and i think that's a huge thing in canada right now like we have truth and reconciliation day september 30th so i think that that's important to highlight yeah all of that so definitely recommend that book i like that a lot noticing a theme with yours for sure what you like to maybe or what you feel a lot about I, I do like that it left you with um, enough of an emotional impact to actually, like, do something about. Like, that's kind of impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I might, you know what? Just give me all the books <laughs> on your list. And just this on my one front is door, really, okay? <laughs> yeah, this one is, I definitely recommend a lot of, like, everyone to read it. Especially if you aren't really sure where to start in educating yourself. Yeah. Because for me, I... You know, like you take in a lot of social media, like I follow a lot Mm -hmm. of like indigenous influencers and I try to get what I can, but it's not really their job to educate us on that stuff, especially if that can be triggering or again, like the whole, they are showing their vulnerabilities. So they're showing their belly to the world. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it was a good place to start. And then if you also are interested in learning more about the history, definitely recommend this free course through University of Alberta. Mm hmm. Okay, I do want to talk about another one. So I have Knox by Anne Carson. So this oh. is actually a book of poetry, technically. It's a, it's a really, it's a weird book. 
And I'll get to that in a second. So Nox is actually an epitaph, which is, for those who are unfamiliar with that term, that is an inscription for the dead. It most commonly used on a tombstone. Mm -hmm. But uh, it can be any kind of dedication to somebody who has died. And it is in the form of a book, which is a an exact copy of a handmade book that she wrote and created after the death of her brother. Wow. So you you have addiction. I have death. Yeah. <laughs> the poem describes coming to terms with uh, the loss through the lens of her translation of poem 101 by Catalyst, which was for his brother who died in the Trode. Knox, uh, Catalyst is an uh, like a Catalyst is a Latin poet, and poem 101 is um, notoriously, I believe, hard to like translate. Okay, so there's a lot of debate about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Knox is a work of poetry, but it arrives as a fascinating and unique physical object. Uh, Carson pasted old letters, family photos, collages, and sketches onto pages. The poems typed out on a computer were added to this illustrated book to create a visual and to create a visual and reading experience. And it kind of, so I read this in university. I might have talked about this book a little bit before. It's right there on the shelf if you want to try to bring <laughs> it down. It is an accordion. So each page is connected to the last one. So when it arrives, it actually arrives in a box that looks like a book. Wow. So when you open it up, you have the poem i'm just showing yeah, it to megan that's super cool <laughs> it is literally just a chunk of paper yeah that is folded. in an accordion shape yeah so it's all folded together so you pull it out which is a really weird way to read a book mm-hmm. and i remember in our university class like we all brought it in <laughs> and which was unusual so like a lot of people used to uh maybe not so legally find uh the reading because we were in a poetry course and yeah. we were also mostly all in the same prose course which means we had we had to buy a lot of books throughout the year and lots of us would kind of find them online i i bought everyone because i just wanted most of them but this one almost everyone actually bought which was surprising to me because one it was not cheap yeah but it was one of those things where, like, when you realized what it was, you didn't want it in any other format. Like, it just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, this hauntingly beautiful ode and struggle to understand her brother's death and to come to terms with, like, the amount of grief. Now, this one left a huge emotional impact on me specifically because I had just experienced a great loss. Mm-hmm. So this one was actually really hard for me to get through. And I highly, like, if you're looking, if you're dealing with grief, I highly recommend it. It seems maybe not straightforward. It's not a nonfiction book. It's not a self-help book. It's not going to necessarily, like, give you the steps to deal with your grief. But reading through the pages, I just remember being like, oh, my God, this is how I feel. Yeah. Oh, my God, this is so true. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm heard. Or, oh, my God, I have, like, a way to describe this. And it was one of those things, again, where I was like, this is so perfectly sad Mm -hmm. for my moment and it's that validation like when you're validating yeah like when you're grieving you just want to feel validated that you're not alone you're not alone like there's no wrong way to like grieve grieving is so isolating yeah and 
I think this is one of the reasons why like poetry touches grief, I think, better than anything else. Because it feels that's how it feels too. It feels fragmented. It mm-hmm. feels unclear. It feels messy. And like I that's what I love about this book is it, it's messy too. You know what I mean? Like I can just imagine her sitting there like gluing pages and pictures yeah. and like various things of trying to just like consolidate a life that is no longer Mm -hmm. and I was like this is how I feel like this is how lost I feel this is how you know and like every time there seems to be closure like the wound opens again and like it's just one of the most interesting books I've ever read highly recommend it please buy a physical copy if you're gonna buy it because it's it's it's, it's, beautiful it's the only way to read it (laughs) It's also like, I, and I'll share some pictures on social media actually of this book, but it's hard to capture in one picture. Mm-hmm. But I'll I'll show maybe kind of the 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 length and the the appearance of it in some sort of video. But highly recommend Knox by Ann Carson. Yeah, that was that's very interesting. Makes me want to read a poetry book. <laughs> you can borrow <laughs> it. <laughs> I feel like I would wreck it. I don't want to. I don't want to wreck it. It's too too beautiful. Fair enough. <laughs> You're like, yeah, don't please touch don't write it. <laughs> all right. Okay, my last one here is We Are All the Same by Jim Wooten. Okay. Um, and this is a biography. So it's about Kosi Johnson and his foster mom, Gail. So Kosi was born in poverty and infected with the HIV virus in the womb of his mother. His mother, who knew she was unable to care for him in her own ailing state, gave her son to Gail who at the time was running a home for those with AIDS to be cared for and surrounded by others. Mm-hmm. Together, as Cozy grew older, him and Gail worked together to provide shelter and care for women and children affected by AIDS. Unfortunately, due to the political culture of South Africa, the president did not believe in the HIV-AIDS epidemic and went as far as to say the medications used to help those with symptoms are actually poison. Despite this, Cozy and Gail set up Cozy's Haven, travel to America to give speeches and continuously advocate for treatment and compassion for AIDS victims. So this happened in, he was born in 1988. So it happened throughout the the 90s. It's kind mm-hmm. of this huge AIDS epidemic in South Africa. And, you know, I picked up this book, basically tells you that Kosi dies. Like he has AIDS. He's like it's yeah (laughs) they're telling you what happened so it's a sad book Mm -hmm. um so obviously i felt sadness um and but i also felt like inspiration again because he here is this you know young boy who understands what's happening to him and understands that he won't be living until his older age or anything like that and he Mm -hmm. chooses to spread awareness about aids and try to get help for his people with AIDS. So it's like truly an incredible story about Kosi and Gail, like another extraordinary woman. Um, and yeah, like it's just very, very interesting. Um, I think everyone should read about him. You know, like he's definitely like, considering he died when he was 12, he did a lot in his short years. Yeah. Um, I also felt like anger because the president um Tabo Umbeki, he refused to acknowledge that AIDS epidemic was a thing in South Africa. Right. So, you know, you're like reading about how thousands and thousands of people are continuously diagnosed with AIDS and mm-hmm. 
he refuses to even acknowledge it's there and he doesn't want the medications there. Like even right. Kosi didn't get medications until it was too late because it was like super expensive and it just mm-hmm. wasn't, they just didn't have the basic health care that they needed for that at the time. And there was such a huge stigma with it. So yeah, it's just, mm-hmm. it's really sad. And then at the very end of the book, like Kosi gives this like really impactful speech and the president walks out basically and he's not willing to listen to it like and a lot of people speculate that he possibly could have had AIDS or people in his life had it like one of his Mm -hmm. close like senior consultants basically died of it but he claims that it was from the medications he was taking so he's very opposed to the whole thing um he's no longer president this was I think 2008 was like his last year but and he stepped down but they're just like so like it just made me so mad that even after Cosi died and even after Gail did all this stuff for mm-hmm. um the community and the awareness and everything, like he just was like, No, it's not a real disease. This isn't a problem we have. And so yeah, that's basically how that book made me feel. <laughs> all the emotions. And yeah. And I did cry in that one because even if I, that I knew that Cosi was dying or gonna die. When it happened, I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. Damn, this was hard. So. Well, it kind of ruins your whole thing about reading nonfiction and being like, oh, they clearly made yeah, it. Yeah. See, that's it. the opposite. Um, Obviously, like, that's why it's a biography is because Jim Wooten yeah. met him and interviewed him. And he, too, was, his life was changed, too, by, mm-hmm. you know, Cosi and Gail. So. It's really interesting. You said. You know, you know at the start that he, he dies, and it just reminded me of one. This actually wasn't on my list, but it should have been. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to add it in. was an unfinished memoir by Jose Lamone. Uh, Jose Lamone was a modern dancer in America. He created um, one of the techniques, Lamone, the Lamone technique, and uh, he... <laughs> He had such a like a strong impact on modern dance. His autobiography, which was he was he didn't finish. It's un- like it is unfinished, and you go into that knowing it. Yeah, you know he didn't finish it. And I think I've said this before, but it literally ends in the middle of a line, mm-hmm. and they just go dot dot dot. And I remember reading it, and like I knew it was unfinished, so I knew there was going to be an end to it, and I knew all this stuff. But you're just so caught up in, like, the moments that he's explaining. And then it goes dot, 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 and you kind of flip the page. Mm -hmm. And it goes, Jose Lamone never got to finish his memoir. And I, again, don't often cry. Yeah. Bald. Yeah, that would do it. That would do it. (laughs) Me and another dancer friend, this was when I was in university, Had we didn't have to read it, but it was, like, kind of a recommended reading. And we both read it. And I remember being like, oh, my God, read it. But also, I'm bawling. And mm-hmm. she was like, yeah, same. Like, absolutely, 100%. This is the saddest thing I've ever read. Yeah. Because you don't think of it like that. You don't think of it like these incomplete things. And so, yeah, if you want that kind of shock, read um, yeah. An Unfinished Memoir. It's really cool, like, how much of his life he actually explains. And it is actually really interesting to read about. But... Yeah, definitely, like, that moment of, like, oh, was... Yeah, and you'll never, like, you'll never know what how he would have finished yeah. his own story. Yeah, so that's Which even, is really interesting. So they yeah. add, like, a summary of, like, what else happened in his life, but 
it goes from memoir to biography, which is also a really stark transition. Yeah. And it feels really strange as well. I had two more on my list. I'm just going to mention them really quickly because I don't want to linger too long. But I did actually, you know, go out of my way to find a couple that weren't sad. Yeah. So Iron Widow by Zhang Zhe Zhao. I did want to classify in this. I think that I've I've not read a book. And I've said this so many times. I'm a broken record about it. (laughs) But I've not read a book that made me feel so much justified anger. Yeah. And didn't make me feel like immediately guilty about it. I think it's tremendous. They did a wonderful job with it. Uh, the novel is a mechorium adjuning of the rise of the Chinese empress Wu Zetian set in the nation of Huxia, a futuristic reinterpretation of medieval China. If you're interested in that, read it. If you're interested in any fantasy sci-fi and you want mm-hmm. a feminist retelling, <laughs> pick it up. Yeah, Expect to be maybe a little bit angry. But, like, also sat, like, what's the word? Like, validated? Not quite validated. (laughs) More like, I yeah, like, almost satisfied. Like, this, like, moment, you like, all these moments of hurt. And you're like, oh, that sucks. Like, oh, don't do that. Oh, oh, she's Mm -hmm. getting screwed over again. And then at the end, you're like, oh, okay. Well, that that's one way to solve it. Yeah. Well, and it's like you things that you want to do when you've been wronged and you're like, and I then they're done it. and you're like, yeah, wow. Yeah. And you're like, yes, I hope that felt as good. Yes. As- <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> felt as good as it seemed. There was like a little sense of justice. And I you don't get that a lot in very misogynist societies, which mm-hmm. I, I did enjoy. The other one I wanted to talk about. So that's the only fiction one, I guess, that made yeah. the list. But I wanted to also talk about The Seven Necessary Sins for Women and Girls by Mona L. Hallway. So this is a feminist uh, manifesto. Mm-hmm. And one of the... So she... Mona is great, by the way. If you want a really vibrant feminist to follow on Twitter, you'll follow her. She's great. People tell her off all the time. And she very explicitly says, F off, kitten. <laughs> but she doesn't she would be disappointed me because i'm not swearing yeah um and one of the necessary sins is actually profanity mm-hmm. so she talks about why profanity is so important but the sins are like violence and anger and you read through these passages and you <laughs> you get i i've not been that angry reading a book <laughs> like everything that iron widow does in like telling like giving the anger action mm-hmm. feels like it's straight out of Mo- monel to is the seven necessary sins for women and girls like so so much so that i'm like like yeah. you know <laughs> yeah or they must have read it yeah. and so yeah I, I i think it's really great i also it's one of the books that like has kind of changed my opinion a little bit about social media mm-hmm. and the conversations around it in one of the passages, she talks very clearly about how uh, social media is just vital for the voices of the oppressed. Yeah. And I just remember I read this at a time where, like, a lot of my friends were like, I'm giving up social media for, like, a month. And I was like, this is why I hate it. Yeah. This is why I hate the conversation of, like, all social media is bad. Because a lot of it can be bad, but a lot of it is 
good and it's intention if you're intentional about how you're using it yeah. it can really give a voice to people who would never have a voice before mm -hmm. anyway very interesting book if you're looking for a feminist to read pick it up expect to feel a lot of anger uh a lot of frustration there was a little bit of sadness but it was mostly anger yeah. which was her point yeah like i'm sick of being sad i'm sick of being the victim i'm mad mm -hmm. which i i kind of loved yeah there was not enough of that yeah there's definitely not i love that <laughs> okay did you have any other ones you wanted to kind of take on there uh no that was kind of it i mean i have one okay. i'll just mention it quickly it's lucky by alice sibold okay um she's the author of the lovely bones i don't know if you've ever read that before watched the movie anything like that but the love or sorry lucky follows um alice sibold it's just a memoir of her being sexually assaulted and she basically tells the police that it was a black man in the street who she believed was the attacker and she goes and writes this memoir about it and i remember reading it and hated the ending hated how it ended i didn't feel like she i mean this is bad because obviously she's experiencing something in her right. life and i'm not trying to downplay that part of it yeah um because she did go through something traumatic but she definitely by the end of the memoir she didn't grow how i thought she would have grown like you know like again like it was yeah. that idea like she's the author of this book she must be doing better like she's in this place like i've read her book the lovely bones like it must end well but she ended it on kind of like a sour note that she you know got into drugs and got into all this stuff so that's how i felt about it obviously i don't recommend it because for those mm -hmm. who know what's going on with the alice bold situation that the memoir lucky um she actually accused the wrong man so anthony broadwater he went to jail for 16 years because of this so there is a whole thing about this he's currently had all his charges dropped all of that um they were actually going to make a movie about lucky um but obviously after all this came out like that's been scrapped that's a yeah. hard no and they're hard actually no. gonna make um a documentary about anthony broadwater so i thought that was kind of like that's a good result it's for a good absolutely result. not a good result i don't want to say that because it doesn't justify like anything totally not. that happened mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I find that interesting you wanted to mention a book that you're like, please don't read. Yeah, I just, yeah, like I just, because I remember specifically feeling before any of this was known about yeah. him being wrongly accused, I specifically remember reading the memoir and like having that emotion like, wow, she's gone through this traumatic event, but I don't, I just wish she ended it, uh, you know, at a part where, hey, she's a successful author. Versus yeah. like, hey, I actually like really struggled and that's totally validated as well. But yeah. So anyways, I don't recommend the memoir. I didn't personally love it. Um, it's not even on shelves anymore. Like they cut publication yeah. because of all of this um, legal stuff. And I remember hearing about it and then her being like, oh, like I'm telling this story. And I was like, oh, I had no idea this happened to her. Mm -hmm. And then... It was like a couple, maybe like, I don't remember the timeline, but it was sometime afterwards when it was like still on my mind enough. Yeah. And then people were like, hey, lied about everything. Yeah. Or like misconstrued. And like, this is an example of how white women can do a lot of harm mm -hmm. and how, you know, like weaponizing 
a little bit a way of like weaponizing a, an assault that happened and like yes you still went through something very traumatic but you also punished someone who didn't deserve the punishment and yeah. like that was severe like he went to jail for 16 years like that's not small it's, that's not insignificant not. and he's like was on the sex offenders list like he's exonerated of all of that but like i even clearly... like how much of your life have you lost at yeah, that point like you yeah which like good that he's because I'm assuming with a movie, he's going to get some, like, payout from I it. I would and, like, assume I so. I hope so. I hope so. He... But, and I, I love that they've kind of switched gears to focus on, wow, let's tell his story instead of, you know, mm-hmm. telling somebody's story who clearly doesn't deserve it. But I do remember when all this came out yeah. and everyone was like, wow, that was like a 180 from I where we thought. I remember being like shocked when that came out because I did you know I did think she was a good author and all this stuff and like I thought she was really brave for like talking about her story and then it's it's stuff like this that makes it really hard too because when the these kinds of things go really high profile and then it makes it harder for other victims because she she Mm -hmm. was she was raped I believe yeah and like that is not I'm not trying to minimize that at all but it really makes it harder for other people of those like other victims to come out when you know they're like oh well you know but this happened the last time we kind of took somebody's word seriously yeah so will that happen again and yeah what started as like a oh brave thing of speaking out really turned into like wow you've made it harder actually for others yeah which is a yeah, that's a really good point to like you know Alice kind of did more harm than good in the Way end. Way more harm, and yeah, you know, like obviously, you re- like reading about Mr. Broadwater, like he's obviously gracious and accepting her apology and all of this stuff, but you know that's the it's kind go- of per- it's got to hurt. It's got to hurt, and you know he's sixty-one years old now, and he's yeah. He's missed out on, you know, I'm not sure if he has kids or anything like that, but he's missed out on a lot. He's missed out on a lot. And it's just, I don't think you can apologize enough for anything like that. There's, you know, yeah. there's nothing you can do, but yeah, I, um, well, I hate to leave it on that note. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, let us know what books have left a huge emotional impact on you. Leave a comment on our social media mm-hmm. or DM us or whatever you feel like at the book jar pod there. We are going to be talking about our upcoming reads. Uh, what do you have planned for your next read? I started reading Gods of Jade and Shadow by Sylvia Moreno-Garcia, which you lent me. So Very excited to actually hear your thoughts on this one because I think you're really going to like it. Okay, okay. I'm, I'm like 100 pages in, so I am enjoying it so far. So it, it did have a little bit of a slower start for me. Yes, I felt that. But in one of those ways where I was like, I know this is going to pay off. Like, they're just kind of setting everything up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you felt the same way, but I'm I'm getting those vibes. Yeah, so okay. I'm sure it'll like pick up speed here shortly. Yeah, there's a lot of setup, and then it kind of gets going. Mm-hmm. What um, about you? I don't even want to say because every time I say something, it's just like <laughs> not what I end up reading. I do have a couple Sailor Moon mangas to get through. I've mentioned them a couple times. They're codenamed Sailor V, which focuses on Sailor Venus. So I think I'm 
Well, I'm hoping I just power through those. Mm-hmm. I am behind on my my book goals, so you Me know it, I'm gonna break at some point and just binge like ten books. And yeah. I know that yeah. that's gonna happen. You're, we're going to come back and I'm be like, let me tell you about the stack of novels <laughs> that I have gone through in the last two weeks. I yeah. have not slept. I just read. <laughs> Didn't do any work. Just read. Just read. That's all. That's my life. Uh, so I'm, I'm waiting for that to kick in. But right now it's it's been a leisurely pace. Mm-hmm. So I have been writing, though. So that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Still, you know, on the book side of things. Book side of things. Good for you. Thank you very much. All right. So let's draw our next topic. All right. So we've got one here. What are your favorite and least favorite graphic novels? Are we including manga in that? I think we should. We I can? Th- yeah. Do you think so? I, th- yeah. I think we can. It's It's kind of just... a different type of graphic novel that's not quite right (laughs) i don't want to say that but they do have a lot of similarities and i think that that's fair and i know you don't read them quite as often as other books so we'll kind of just pull them all together okay i definitely that's interesting i don't even know like none stand out immediately for like a least fave which is interesting that is interesting but that might be good i mean we'll discuss it we can even talk about the differences of different graphic novels. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You know I'm coming in with I that. I know. I was like, you better come in with that. That was a hint. <laughs> she was like, um, I'm going to bring my notebook. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. You're going to teach me, right? Yeah. You're going to teach me the things about graphic novels. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. I'm actually pretty excited for that. I feel like we haven't had um, kind of a genre-specific one for a while. So that's great timing. Mm-hmm. All right. And that being said, uh, that's kind of it. Do you have any final thoughts you want to throw in here at the end, Megan? Um, you know, that was like a heavy topic it ended up being. Yeah. So I think, you know. Emotional it, impact, imagine, yeah. ended up heavy. It, yeah. So if you had an emotional impact from our uh, <laughs> episode, give us a like, give us a download. <laughs> give, <laughs> give us the thing. No, uh, but we would appreciate a review if yeah. you feel, you know, so emotionally impacted to you. Uh, uh, yeah, go into action. Go into action. Get, you know, but also like self care after that. Yes. Um, pumpkin spice lattes are out. It's tis the <laughs> season, so treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, right from Megan's mouth. Right from treat my mouth. Yourself today. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm so excited to come back in a few weeks and talk about our next topic. We also will have some news probably within the next one about maybe a book club Ooh. definitely a book club there is a book club coming so yeah, we just have to work out, it work out some details so uh if you're feeling like you want to join a book club we've got you covered we'll have more news about that in our next episode otherwise thank you so much for listening like i said about a million times throughout the podcast you can find us on instagram at the book jar pod send us a dm if you're interested in having your topic featured on our podcast otherwise just go give us a follow and some love over there and with that uh i'm gonna go hopefully read about 10 books and we will be back next time yep (laughs) bye
That's the awkwardest. So awkward. <laughs>